0: Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. That's
1: your sitter.
0: Wow. Inside is probably
1: rejected. I'll get you a baby. Jokic. Peter.
2: Ladies and gentlemen to the Pickaxe Pundit Show I am your host Zach Nikos with DenverStiffs.com You are listening to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network And it is Monday morning here in the Mile High City The weather Uh, as we always like to check in on here on the pick exponents, I don't know why, by the way, I don't know why I've realized this has just become like this thing that I always do. And I think it's now, it's just, uh, it's just second nature. So the weather, uh, is brightening up in, in Colorado. And so is the play of the nuggets after last week's show, we were down in the dumps nuggets were losing games left and right. And that's how this week started out with the loss to the Milwaukee bucks or last week, I should say. But the Nuggets then bounced back, now have won three in a row, including winning at Oklahoma City on the second night of a back-to-back. It was a big week. I had Mr. Ryan Blackburn, uh, host of Nuggets Numbers, on to break down those earlier games. And then I figured if we've got Ryan Blackburn on, we might as well just go full full podcast network with this one. So I brought in Brendan Vote to break down that big win in Oklahoma City specifically because that one was so huge. And then uh, in our second half of our show, we're going we're gonna to look forward to this upcoming week. Nuggets got two games. It's kind of a weird schedule. Only two games this week. Uh, big one at home tomorrow night on national TV against Los Angeles Lakers. And then they wrap up uh, the week on Friday in portland to start i believe a five game road trip a stupid road trip that has them going all over uh, the entire country well two different countries and uh it's going to be probably the biggest challenge in terms of schedule they've had thus far this year so i brought in host of the dig jeremy Poley. he is with us to break all of that down and that is going to make up our show so without further delay let's get right to it and get to mr blackburn all right, so to wrap up uh, what happened earlier in the week, we're first going to bring in Ryan Blackburn, as I said. Ryan is out in – well, I don't know. Ryan, are you in South Carolina or, or Ryan is in parts unknown?
3: I am in South Carolina, Zach, in, in a town just west of Columbia in Greenville, South Carolina at the in-laws' house. Uh doing doing great over here uh, we're gonna trust this internet connection see what it can do and uh, and hopefully <laughs> things go well
2: Ryan's gonna get he's gonna get yelled at uh, later by uh, by his mother-in-law by I mean not technically in law right right because you're not married yet
3: no to, uh, not yet not yet it, I mean we'll we'll just have to you-
2: play that one by <laughs> ear how about that I was like we, yeah yeah we don't want your girlfriend listen to this and be like surprise! Uh, <laughs> this is actually new. Uh, um, oh but you know if if they come in and yell at you for uh if your girlfriend's mom yells at you for using all the bandwidth um just tell her it's for an uber important podcast that's heard around the world absolutely hey parts (laughs) unknown right parts unknown there you go uh there you go how was your thanksgiving sir you know it was it was good
3: we uh we had a great we had a great time uh I always like getting together with this group of family members just because it's nice to see how other families do Thanksgiving when you grow up in the same house all the time. Uh, right. It's, it's nice to see what other people do, what kind of similarities and differences you have, and, and things were great. We had, we had a great turkey. Uh, I, I enjoyed a bunch of my favorite side, macaroni and cheese. Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving side?
2: Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the green bean casserole. I know most people aren't, but yeah, uh, that's, that's a hot take
3: right there, man.
2: (laughs) That's That's right. I have a secret, uh, when I make it that makes it extra delicious. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let it out here on, uh, on the pig exponents because like I said it's worldwide hmm, right? we'll
3: have to we'll have to talk off air
2: <laughs> that's right that's right we'll keep this one off air that way we can I can protect my trade secrets uh, check out my cooking podcast every Tuesday um, no <laughs> I'm just joking <laughs> um <sighs> All right, um, let's get into it, Ryan. Though so there's so far three games on uh, already through on this week. It's a big week? We were just talking before the show started how it's it's tough. You got a one hour podcast, you got to fit in four different games plus a uh, a look ahead. So um, we're we're going to start with the first three that have already passed. in there right at this point, um, going back to the first one there against the Milwaukee Bucks, that was the loss so far uh, this week. Not going to start to play Oklahoma City tonight, but. When you look at the way they lost to the Bucks, because they got up on them, they had—I mean, look—you it look it looked good, right? You, you, they came out, they—they—they they, um, they were pretty much getting what they wanted. Nobody was scoring on on Milwaukee's end. I think they got up by as much as maybe like seventeen points. When they let the Bucks come all the way back, Chris Middleton hits that dagger three uh, after he hadn't—he hadn't hit a shot all night long. Uh, he hits that dagger three. And Milwaukee ends up with the win um, I mean how demoralizing is it when you when you've lost at that point they had lost right what five out of six um, you lose a game like that uh, I guess should should we be more surprised with the way they bounced back because that loss was so should have been so demoralizing for
3: them? well you know it's it's really tough to get a gauge on that game specifically uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are a really good team hand they they may be the best team in the east this year or at least competing for that title uh Giannis Antetokounmpo as he showed in that contest was incredible Chris Middleton had an off game that day but he's been pretty great uh with regards to his two-way play in Mike Budenholzer's system as the Nuggets had seen in their previous contest against the Bucks. Brook Lopez was extremely dangerous, and I thought they did a pretty good job on him this past game. But uh, in the end, Giannis Hattodokounmpo played like an MVP candidate, and especially mm-hmm. down the stretch on both ends of the floor, he really showed just what he can do. And Nuggets fans will point to Nikola Jokic as a potential MVP candidate down the road. But Giannis Kumpo is already there. He's He is incredible. He truly outplayed Paul Millsap in that game, and I thought really made the entire difference uh, during that second half. The Nuggets only scored 42 points in, this, in the second half that game after getting out to a strong start offensively. I thought Giannis was great defensively, and, and the Bucks kind of fed off of that energy, and they kind of just went from there. So should Nuggets fans be really upset? No, I don't think so. I think that on the road against Milwaukee, I know it was a tough position, Uh, given that they had already lost five of six, but taken individually, I don't think fans should really be too stressed out about this game.
2: Right. Yeah. I I tend to agree. And it's easy to say now, because we do have the benefit of the hindsight a little bit, um, there, but I guess the one, the one thing I would say that's really concerning that we saw in the back-to-back games going all the way back to last week when they played the Pelicans, um, and then, and then they had the back-to-back game now against, uh, against the Milwaukee, um, they, they, those were two games in a row where we saw the star player of the other of the other team essentially be take over the game, and there was nothing the Nuggets could do uh, to stop it. Right, that Giannis pretty much said, "I'm going to win this game for my team," just like Anthony Davis said the, the game before, and there was nothing the Nuggets could do about it. That was the biggest concern, I think. Uh, and then, of course, getting up by 17 points like they did to let that slip away um, is also also rather disappointing but the nice thing about it right is they bounce back they come we come off of that game they've got a road game against minnesota who's a quality team who's finally passed the whole jimmy butler drama who seems to be doing well um they come and they basically i mean they willed their way to a win they almost let that one get away from them as well because they had such a huge you know they had such a huge um uh, third quarter to get the game to, to get the lead and then they almost let the uh, or the the Timberwolves bench come back and, and win the game. I think they got it back within about one point there with uh, the bench and then obviously not able to overcome and get the win. Uh, I mean is this is that when you when you think about it uh, Ryan you think about how they they had to basically come back they're like I said in the third quarter. Then hold off this team to win. They do it in or on the road. They do it against the team who knocked them out of the playoffs last year. I mean, I started looking back and thinking about this year. I was like, Is this is this their best win uh, of the season? I mean, I know they beat the Warriors and the Celtics, but this one felt more like the the kind of effort that you you said this is a team that is is clearly one of the better teams in the NBA.
3: Well, you start playing with a little bit more desperation. And I thought that that was extremely important going into this game. The Nuggets really had to have one. Uh, Not as much necessarily in the previous contest against Milwaukee, but against Minnesota, uh, one player that I thought really took that to heart was Paul Millsap. You talked about how Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo had been extremely good in the previous two games. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns still played reasonably well during that game but I thought Paul Millsap who was matched up against him for much of that game did an excellent job in combating a star big man uh, making him work for every shot that he had and and while Cat definitely had some opportunities go his way I thought Paul Millsap definitely got the better of him at this time and it made the entire difference because the Nuggets could then Focus on their other parts. Uh, Nikola Jokic wasn't perfect, but he he did a reasonable job in that game, uh, facilitating offense and whatnot. He had the the old Jason Kidd double double, just as he Great. did in this past uh, Orlando Magic game with uh, ten plus rebounds and ten plus assists. Uh, I think that that's really intriguing going forward. And when you can get scoring like that in different places than your big three given that the big three of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nicole Jokic scoring wise has been, I would say subpar over the course of the, for this first stretch of games that we've played this season. I think that's really important that, Millsap was able to pick up the slack. He had 25 points in that game, five assists in that game, really created a lot of the offense and carried the Nuggets through some of those stretches. It was huge and kind of exactly what you needed right at that time.
2: Right, right. He uh, also defensively, I mean, was was outstanding um, throughout the entire night. He was – it was the game that you – It's. The, I can't think of another game – that I've watched, where when Millsap played, I said, "Yep, that's why we paid him thirty million dollars." But that game right there was the one where it was like, and now, granted, thirty million dollars still a ton of money um, to be paying Paul Millsap. But sure. that game right there, you looked at it and you said, "That's that's the st- a star player uh, winning a basketball game for us," and that's that's essentially what 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 got him. Uh, that contract with Denver was he was a star player who could win them basketball games and, and you got that from him. And it's just good to see, because like you said, yeah, we've had it. We've had other guys struggle. I mean, Jamal Murray was pretty good that night. Uh, Gary Harris, hit some shots. They, They they did enough on offense. They got enough on their uh, from their contributing guys. But like you said, Jokic was wasn't scoring. I mean, he he was obviously setting up guys uh, with the ten assists. But you needed someone to lean on to in that moment. And and it's exactly what you should expect, right? When your team has lost six of seven, and you're on the road against a division rival, and you're sitting and you need win your guy your your veteran who you're paying the most money on the team who's who's one of your star players is the one who steps up and, and, and gets you uh the victory that's exactly how that's supposed to go so that was that's really encouraging to see from from milsap's point of view because like I, said, I don't know that we've seen another game quite like that since he's been in Denver where you really felt like hey this guy uh, he this guy was clearly the best player on on the court tonight and, and was the reason. For the win, that
3: totally, totally, one hundred percent. I've been pretty vocal about how Paul Millsap just looks slower this year. Just looks a little bit less athletic. Is not finishing as well around the rim. Uh, Offensively, he just has turned the ball over in in some tough spots during the course of this season. But that game, as you said, perfect encapsulation of what you're looking for from a guy of his caliber just being the defensive ace the defensive kind of jack of all trades that you're looking for the guy who you could put on the opposing team's best scorer and then count on an efficient offensive performance on the other end he went 11 of 13 in that game offensively when nobody else could hit a shot but again like as we have seen over the course of these past few games and really over the course of the entire season the the nuggets have adopted his and grind mentality, I would say, on the defensive end. And and yep. you talk about losing the game against Milwaukee. Milwaukee only scored 104 points. It wasn't like they they blew the doors off of Denver like like they did in the previous contest. Uh, the Nuggets have really turned into a great defensive team. Uh maybe not maybe great as overselling it a little bit, but a a really solid defensive team that you can count on night in, night out putting forth effort from all five positions. And Nikola Jokic has been right. big with that. But, <clears throat> but yep. Paul Millsap has really instilled that this time.
2: Right right as 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 goes his nickname i mean i mean he's called the anchor man right because he's the anchor on your defense and that's Absolutely. and he is uh he is for the nuggets and has been and um it's allowed it's really allowed you know <clears throat> it's allowed the defense to improve with the other guys improving as well like you, you mentioned Jokic. you know with Jokic, not only is the effort i think his just defensive iq now is at an all-time high and he's uh, I mean, he's just the—he's making every rotation and everything is 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 exa- position is is exactly where you want him to be on the defensive end, and that means Millsap's not out there trying to make up, uh, you know, for his mistakes and and having to cheat back into the lane or something because Jokic didn't get out on a guy or because Gary Harris or Jamal Murray uh let a guy get right by him and and that sort of thing, and it's giving him more room uh, to just be. Uh, you know, an all around defender. And that's, that's giving, uh, I think that's been a huge part of, of, of this whole transformation on defenses, the nuggets, the other pe- players playing defense better uh, allows y or allows Millsap uh, to play defense better because he's not constantly trying to, trying to make up for their their mistakes which i think we saw a lot at the end of last season all right let's let's turn the page to um uh, the last uh the last win here that the nuggets just got last night that was against the orlando magic nuggets win going away blowout fashion in that one one twelve. 287. The thing about it that is is interesting, and this is something we've seen, I think, all season long. Honestly, um, but the the high score of of the Nuggets starters was Jamal Murray with 16 points. It took him 18 shots to get there. Your next highest score was Paul Millsap with 14, and then Wancho had 10. Those were the only players in double figures amongst Denver starters. Of course, Jokic with uh, another one of those Jason Kidd double doubles, like you said, uh, Ryan. He has. 11 assists go along with 10, 10 rebounds, only six points. They only scored in the third quarter. But he's the only time Jokic scored last night was about a three minute stretch in the, in the third quarter uh, where he got it six points in a row. But the Nuggets bench last night, specifically, I mean, they're big Ben uh, Mason Plumlee and Trey Lyles. Those guys combined for 37 points. Uh, Plumlee gets 11 boards and four assists of his own. So he was a, a huge factor. I watched the game last night. Um, I watched it on League Pass, so I was watching the uh, uh, Orlando Magic feed. At least I'm gonna say League Pass. Anybody who knows that I live in Colorado can probably figure out that's not true, but <laughs> we'll just say that's where I watched it. Um, so I got the Orlando feed, and yeah, uh, they were they, they were incredibly complimentary of uh, uh, Mason Plumlee and Trey Lyles in that game, and talking about how that's one of the best big man uh, backup tandems in the NBA. Of course, another another solid night for Monty Morris, four assists, zero turnovers, as you would expect. Uh, is that the biggest key, Ryan? I mean, is there? It's got to be right. The bench is absolutely the reason the Nuggets not only win this game but win this game in in blowout fashion.
3: Sure, I mean, you you definitely see across the board there. The Nuggets' primary four reserves were. Uh, Monty Morris, Mason Plumley, Trey Lyles, Malik Beasley, they were plus 10, plus 23, plus 16, plus 13, respectively. I think one player that plays with them, Jamal Murray, needs a lot of the credit, too. He didn't have a perfect game. He took 18 shots, mm-hmm. only made seven of, seven of them, but his presence on the floor, he was a plus 37, really providing a lot of pressure on the opposing team. Great. I thought he played pretty solid defense throughout the game. He made the right decision. Uh, he, with this, with this bench unit allows each of those guys to fill their ideal role. Monty Morris is the facilitator. He's a great pick and roll partner with Mason Plumley. Uh, Mason Plumley is kind of the defensive mm-hmm. anchor on the team and he can facilitate at times, but most of the time he's best used as a pick and roll big where he right. can get above the rim. And that's, that's where he's best at is where he's at his best finishing. Trey Lyles is really at his best creating one-on-one, I would say. Uh, He went 9 of 15 from the field, uh, 22 points. Just a a very strong performance inside the arc for him. Still has Mm -hmm. to find that jump shot on the outside, only 1 of 5 from 3, but... I'd say those four guys, and then you add Malik Beasley as kind of a, a floor spacer and athletic defender,
2: right, and, and our rim runner, and
3: absolutely, like like those that unit is a really solid unit, and it wouldn't surprise me at the end of the year if that's like maybe Denver's second or third most played unit on the year, and mm. it turns out to be one of their most positive as well because you have some very Stark positives, especially when guys are going against bench players. Monty Morris is usually an advantage on that end. Mason Plumlee, usually an advantage. Trey Lyles has been up and down, but I would certainly say is mostly an advantage against the opposing four. Uh, Really solid unit and something that the Nuggets have been able to rely upon while their starters have been up and down.
2: Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think we've seen it all season. And, uh, you know, I think the the interesting thing with Mason Plumley specifically is that, it, we, you know, the Nuggets brought him in and the whole idea was oh, he's such a good passer himself that he will be able to replicate. We won't have to completely change our offense when Nicole Jokic goes off the court. That was the idea. But what we found out early on in that experiment was like, well, yeah, he is a good passer, but he's nowhere near the type of passer and distributor that Nikola Jokic is. No big man is. And you can, he can't. You just can't expect him to be uh, that entire focal point on offense like you do with Jokic. But what we're finding now this year is if you make that the secondary focal point, you still give him a true point guard because he really hasn't had that uh, pretty much his entire time in Denver. But if you give him a true point guard to play uh, to play with him and let that point guard be the main facilitator, which is what Monty Morris does for the bench, then you can still run, like you said, you run the pick and roll with uh, Mason Plumley. He can run that as his primary action. And I mean, how how good has that been? How many times have we seen Mason Plumley finish an alley-oop pass uh, from Monty Morris on the pick and roll? It seems like they're good for one or two of those a game. And then, and then but secondary action can still be running some of those similar concepts that you would do with Jokic, uh, except with Plumlee as a facilitator. That as they've done that, I think it's made him extremely effective and is really they're, – they're at the point now where they're maximizing all of Mason's skills. The only thing they're not maximizing is his minutes. Simply, and Coach, coach brought this up uh, when he was asked about the, the, the big men and the rotation and how nice it is. You know, He said one of the hardest parts is you got a guy like Mason Plumlee who's playing awesome, and you can only play him 18, 20 minutes because that's that's all he's that's all he's good for so or that's because or you need to get nicole Jokic back in so um it's definitely uh yeah it's definitely a different uh a different mixture of of bench units that's that's really really helps us my uh, yeah 100 percent, man i i me.
3: totally uh totally agree with that i would say that The best thing that Mason Plumlee does for that unit is just provide a a nice anchor defensively. Uh, One of the things that he's done and I think has, has really impressed the coaching staff is he consistently blitzes the pick and roll when he's out there. Those guys are great when he when he is playing in space and he's one of the few big men that the nuggets really have that has that has been able to match up and switch onto a variety of different players uh when he switches onto guards you don't you don't necessarily feel like he's out on an island he's he's actually he has some great feet out there he has the length and the and the vertical to contest most of those shots uh really impressed with what he has done uh it, but it's hard. Like Nikola Jokic is the future and the present of this team right now. He, he is the best player. He has to continue to play those minutes. And I think we, we saw a brief experiment with the Jokic Plumlee lineup, uh, against Minnesota. I don't think that that's going to be a consistent thing just because you, you want Millsap out there. You want Trey Lyles out there developing and also providing some more spacing, uh, but in the end i i think that it's comforting to know that Mason Plumley can provide that presence for you if if Jokic were to go down if Jokic were to turn an ankle during a game and just wasn't able to return Mason Plumley would be able to provide at least a semblance of that uh of that presence that Nikola Jokic
2: has right yep no i agree 100 percent um all right ryan well i tell you what we're gonna let you know we're gonna let you get out of here uh and we will um we'll keep the show rolling we'll talk about that thunder game next but uh for now we'll let ryan get back uh back to his girlfriend and their family so appreciate it sir absolutely thanks for having me on all right so that was ryan blackburn and also my two-year-old Uh, daughter there briefly let me tell you do not try and record a podcast past 8 a.m on the day that you've told your daughters you're going to take them to see santa it's not well advised (laughs) on that Um, however moving on though we uh we are now by the magic of radio have bumped ahead to after the oklahoma city thunder game the nuggets with a huge win over okc almost after getting a huge lead almost uh let us slip away but they do hang on and get the win to talk about all things regarding that game i have brought in mr brendan vote host of the full court press brendan
4: what's going on what's going on man thanks for having me it's been a while since i've been on your podcast so pumped to.
2: you know i mean you're like you're you're a big time host of your own podcast now so
4: that's true and a tv show don't (laughs) don't sell me short yeah
2: Long story short, is you've really just forgot about all the little people along the way entirely.
4: Yeah, I try to make some time, you know, remember your roots. That's what I've That's been right.
2: told. That's right, your roots of three months. It's... <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate it, sir. We appreciate the time as well. So, yeah, the uh, the Nuggets obviously they're going to close out the week on a high note with uh, with this win over. The Oklahoma City Thunder. I think when uh, certainly at the beginning of the year, if you were looking at the schedule, you'd probably put this game down as a schedule loss and wouldn't have thought much more of it. Obviously, on a back to back in Oklahoma City, uh, and then with as well they've been playing as of late. You really, you really thought this would be a game that just have a tough time winning. They, uh, they, they almost win it going away. Right, it, it, they let the Thunder get back in it, but uh, ultimately it was really never, never too close. I mean, they never got within. Uh, a possession or so the uh, right out of the gate though, they had little struggles on the offense and uh, that may or may not have been correlated to Tory Craig getting the start. Gary Harris does not play because of an ankle injury. Um, Tory Craig gets the start in his place, had a rough game. Um, I, I don't even know if I could say had a rough game. No, offensively.
0: I don't.
4: Yeah, I don't, I think he had the type of game, it's really the best you can hope for from Torrey right. offensively, right? It's not like he was, but like those offensive rebounds, those second chance points, he he found ways to contribute to the offense despite, you know, being the non-shooter, the non-threat. Frankly, that he is.
2: Right, right, yeah. I mean, he, I, when you think, I mean, he still shoots fifty percent. Uh, most of those though on putbacks. The six offensive rebounds though, that that was huge. None huger than I mean, he had one of them. What was what like? What, it was about 20, 30 seconds left in the game, and that pretty much was the the final nail in the coffin um, for the game. I mean, what do you think, Brendan? Is that, is this a, uh, was this the right move, I guess, to, to go with Torrey Craig? Because you could have gone with Malik Beasley as a starter. You could have started Monty Morris, slid Jamal Murray over to the two. But instead of go with
4: Torrey Craig, was, do you
2: think that was the right call here?
4: Yeah, hindsight's 20-20, right? It's pretty hard to have watched that game and say otherwise. I know when I saw that Malone was gonna start Craig, I did not think it was the right decision. I really thought that, you know, I think Malik is still a raw player on both ends of the court, but he's shown strong potential on both ends of the court. When he's got his head screwed on straight on the defensive end, in terms of physical capability, I think he has the potential to be a great perimeter defender. So, and with the way he's been shooting lately, I thought for sure he'd get a shot in this game. And I didn't love the idea of Craig being in there, but of course, watching it play out the way it did they won because their defense was stellar all night and i think that starts with the job that tory craig did on russell westbrook man i mean, westbrook was a yep. non-factor in this game
2: yep absolutely yeah no he played he played outstanding defense uh on westbrook all night long and that was uh that was, I thought, certainly the right call because you know the other thing that that you you look at when when you have a guy who's injured a starter like Gary Harris is you know at first I thought maybe well, they'll go with Monty Morris because Monty Morris is probably the the bench guard who is playing the best right now, but then you're also now moving your you're taking your start normal starting point guard and shifting him over to shooting guard so you're actually disrupting two positions. Instead of just one. So if maybe I thought it makes – when I started to rethink it, I said, well, maybe it makes more sense than to just do just do a swap out for Gary Harris. And I thought for a second, I was like, well, of course we'll go with Malik Beasley. But then when it was Torrey Craig, I was like, ah, that – I get that makes sense because, yeah, you, you don't want to automatically put yourself um, behind the eight ball by asking Jamal Murray or Monty Morris, one of those two guys, to defend uh, – to defend either Russell Westbrook or then there was a the potential that, you know, Dennis Schroeder was going to start as well. And then when, so when he, uh, when Oklahoma City decided to start, uh, Timothy, the cabaret, then it pretty much had to be, uh, that you had to go with one of the bigger guards. And so Torrey Craig, I guess he really just makes sense there because then, you know, you can, you can put Jamal on, uh, on law and it's, it's going to be, you're, you feel okay in that matchup. And now you've got the defender you want of Russell Westbrook. So I thought it was a good move. As well, like like we've said, I mean, Tori doesn't give you much on offense, but they ended up not needing that because their bench ends up um, really carrying them throughout this game. Trey Lyles, another big uh, big game off the bench. Mason Plumlee, another big game off the bench. Jamal Murray had a big game as a starter as well. Where <laughs> he shot the ball a lot, I guess is one, one way to put it. The, the other guy, of course, who shot the ball a lot was Nicole Jokic. He, I mean, he, he had a great look. He was really good. Down the stretch there, right? He had some yep. good baskets um, that were not easy shots, good runners in the lane. 0 for 7 from 3, though, absolutely could not get that thing going out. 6 for 20 from the field overall. Three games in a row now, Brandon, we've seen Jokic, uh, you know, under under 10 points, Um, really hasn't been much of a, an impact player in terms of just shooting the ball. He's, he's been found other ways to impact the offense, chiefly obviously with his distribution but um, I mean is there something to be concerned about uh, w- that he's he's been struggling off on offense as, as or I guess shooting as much as he
4: has I'm not worried about that even a little bit man honestly I think first of all they're winning these games and I think they're doing it because they're playing Jokic ball and I think almost more important than okay did Jokic get 20 points is are the Nuggets hitting down open shots I mean, t- tonight's not a great example they weren't a, like a knockdown shooting team tonight, obviously with Craig in there that hurts. But I, I'm more concerned with like, OK, are they playing Jokic ball for three quarters and how do they operate in the fourth quarter? A lot of their fourth quarters, and their struggles there. A lot of that's been Jokic his inability to score, his inability to make an impact outside of the scoring. So tonight was sort of the inverse, right? He struggled all game long, but I thought he was really good in the final six minutes there. I thought yep. he was aggressive. And they needed it. It was at a time when everyone else seemed to have yeah. cooled off. So, yeah, the only the only part of Jokic and scoring that ever concerns me is how interested does he look in the final moments of a game. And tonight he looked interested. Tonight he made a, a strong impact. So, no. And I, I think I saw a stat out there that when you look at the Nuggets' wins in their triple doubles, and I think just what he averages in their wins overall, I think it's 14, 15 points per game for Jokic. That really seems to be the optimal number. I don't think you need him to get you twenty, but what you can't have is him shrinking away in the fourth. Tonight he didn't, so no man, I'm not worried.
2: Right? Yeah, exactly. You've got to have him step up and and be willing to take those shots. And he was it was kind of a the inverse in a lot of what we've seen from Jokic because he wasn't knocking him down. A lot of times he will just kind of uh, he'll kind of bottle up and he'll just stop shooting because, uh, he, he's worried about the fact that they're not going down. That wasn't the case tonight. And they continue to not go down, but like you said, he got aggressive. He got to the foul line there down late, late in the game, which was, which was key. And like, and then, and then I said, like I said, he got those, uh, those shots in the lane that, that really, really kind of helped seal the deal for, for them. I thought, you know, tonight was maybe the first of the three games that I've I've noticed it, I guess, a little bit more because you're right. They, they've been playing Jokic ball regardless, and, and he's been – He's been doing plenty. I mean, he's had double-digit assists in the last two games. Coming right. into this one, the thing about tonight was, and I guess if you're gonna have, have a criticism of him and, and, and the game tonight, would be it was you know the fouls. He just got he got himself into foul trouble, and then what happened is we're already down Gary Harris in that third quarter when he he got into foul trouble early, picked up that fourth foul I think with about ten minutes still to go in the quarter, had to come out. Well, then they the, the Nuggets went to a lineup that had Plumlee... Uh, Millsap and Craig all in there in, at once, and that's really the point where where the game kind of turned and went back into Oklahoma City's favor because that's that's the point where the Nuggets pretty much could not um, could not sustain any sort of offense whatsoever. So if, if if that's the thing, I think more so than the shooting not being there, that that concerned me tonight was just the foul trouble um, and taking I'm, himself out of the game.
4: I'm glad you bring that up, man, because I I think the two Given how well Jokic has played defensively this season, which is a wild sentence, but I I mean right. that wholeheartedly. Right. I think I think the two biggest criticisms now are what we talked about earlier. Just not ne- not necessarily scoring, but the final minutes. Is he interested? Right. Is he making an impact? But what you just said, I I think that's the biggest criticism I have, is he seems to pick up that second foul, that fourth foul really quickly right. and often. There's at least two fouls in there that didn't need to happen. Not not just dumb fouls purposeful fouls you know he'll do that thing where he gets frustrated mm-hmm. and he fouls in transition or he just slaps someone's arm and points at the ref I, he's too valuable to his team to do that and you know you look at how his minutes per game have been down this year obviously I think it's because he's not in great shape and he's being asked to play harder on defense but I think some of it Zach is that they can't keep him on the floor right and so I think you're absolutely right that's that's actually more than the scoring is what I'm focused on with Jokic is hey man can you can you not perpetually be in foul trouble because your teammates need you when it matters most.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the most effective way to defend him is to get him into foul trouble because then he's got to go sit on the bench. Um, And, and, you know, it's really the only way to stop him. If he's on the court, he's going to impact the game. So he's got to find a way. And I get, you know, there's a certain uh, thought process behind if, if the, the the team, the team you're playing against has, you know, gets a, a live ball turnover and, and is, is headed on a fast break. Well, you're better off fouling them, make him go earn it from the free throw line. Or in a lot of cases, if you're not, you know, obviously if you're not in the bonus, then you just go ahead and foul them and then stop the play, let it reset in the half court. But one there's Jokic is so valuable that doing that and adding to his foul total, uh, it, it cheapens, you know, really how, how effective or efficient that Uh, that decision is and then the second thing is i think sometimes with him it's not it's really like that it almost feels like that's like the internal excuse he might be using because really there was probably two uh one or two other nuggets leaking out who could have who could have potentially had a chase down block or 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 stop the fast break you know but he still ends up just taking the foul um, and stops it right there i think those you really gotta you those you gotta button up because that's like we said he's he's Got to be on the court, obviously, to be effective. Um, hashtag analysis, but uh, that's um, <clears throat> that, and that, that's that's the best way, like I said, to defend him is to, is to get him into foul trouble. All right, uh, one more thing, Brennan, and then we'll let you get out of here. So. I mean the Nuggets. We were in. We were all in in a pretty down in the dumps, right? As, as this week opened, especially the Nuggets. They lose that game to Milwaukee. A tough loss. Uh, a game that, that another one where they they had a big lead early on. That one they do like get away from them and, and, and end up uh, losing. What was that? Six of six of, of seven. Now now they've turned around. Right, they're on a three game winning streak to close out the week, including this win. Like I said, in Oklahoma City on the back to back. Granted, OKC was on a back to back as well, but they were uh, home yesterday as well, so there was no travel involved. Do you feel like, you know, we, I guess when when the Nuggets started nine and one and then went six, I lost six of seven. You felt like okay, that nine and one, the good feelings for the nine and one start are over. Do you feel like now with this uh, this three game winning streak, now that we're kind of past? The, the negative feelings, if you will, of the, the losing six out of seven.
4: Yeah, I think – you know it's funny, Zach? I think we're where we thought we would be at the start of this season. Right. We got here in a, in a much different way, right? It feels like they've already played three different seasons.
3: Right. But
4: I don't think they were the 9-1 and one team. I don't think they were the 1-6 and six team. So on track for two seed? No. I mean the fourth quarter execution, um, they were just up by too much against Orlando. It didn't look good in Minnesota – uh, it didn't really look great tonight, man. I mean, they hold right. they held on, but right. it felt like for dear life. So as long as those issues are there, I don't think you can necessarily say okay, they're going to challenge Golden State and Houston in terms of seeding. Um, but are they back on track for like a to fight for that four seed for fifth seed? Absolutely, absolutely. I think really, man, I think they've been back for four or five games, and what I mean by that is they've been rolling. Maybe they haven't won the games, but the offense has looked good. There's been stretches of strong defense. The biggest thing out of the fourth quarter uh, issues for Mizak is just open shots. And I think when we're seeing when this team hits just a a, a small amount, right, of their open shots, or, or they hit a lot of them, they're really, really tough to beat because they actually do almost everything else well. The def- the defense is legit. We know how they play quarters one through three through Jokic ball. The offense is, is back. Uh, Wancho's been a big part of that. So to me, it's the, you know, When they're hitting their open shots, I don't – there's not a whole lot of problems. I think they're a really, really good basketball team. So it's been a roundabout path, Zach, but I think we're exactly where I expected we'd be in terms of seeding and feeling about the team uh, to this point in the season.
2: Yeah, you know know what's interesting is um, I agree with you in that – that I, I think we're, we're back to feeling kind of where where we thought this team is or what we thought this team should be where and it is a really really odd uh bounce back and forth I mean they're right there in in a really tight race at the top of the Northwest division I mean because you think about it, we're 25 percent of the season uh, is is through now we're a quarter That's of the crazy. way done yeah That's exactly crazy. exactly and it feels like it, it feels like it just started but but here we are and, and the nuggets are currently sitting first in in the uh, northwest division fourth in the conference you know they're 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 right where you wanted them to be and and the right where you thought they had to be cuz you know that the back end of the schedule is going to be very difficult what I think is encouraging is we're seeing them win. We've seen during the nine in nine in one streak, and now in this three game uh, winning streak, that that they've got some things maybe that are different about them this year that are going to help them um, to be different than than the team that's faded down the stretch the past two seasons. But what's funny is, is I'm actually different than you though on what like what I think they need to get back to, or what I thought that they have got back to, um, which is they find they've got back to playing defense. You know that yeah. they they've lost every single game that they lost in that, that six seven with the exception of the Memphis game, which you know, they, they just lost at out lost a, a Memphis style game. Um and nobody's nobody's gonna Memphis won eighty nine eighty seven. Nobody's gonna win a game uh, 89-87 more than a, a team like the Grizzlies. But you know, every other single game, the Nets they gave up one twelve, the Bucks they gave up one twenty one. Rockets gave up one nine. Pelicans one twenty five Bucks again one oh four. They every other time they pretty much they, they didn't have that same defensive focus and defensive intensity and if you look at the games they've won it's not there's not a ton of games where where Denver this entire season has won you know one games just running away and and outscoring teams they're winning games because they've blocked teams down on the defense and it gets the thunder that it was just so prevalent the entire time you know that that they did not shoot the ball particularly well. Even the guys who scored, uh, like Murray, you know, he didn't he didn't shoot the ball very well. I mean, Jokic, as we said, did not shoot the ball very well. I mean, Trey Lyles was pretty much the only one who, who really, uh, you could say, shot it well at all. But somehow right. they, they built this huge
4: lead, and they did it because they had defense. You're right. First of all, a man after Michael Malone's heart over here. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, Malone and, and Millsap— Separately in, in different, you know sessions with the media pretty much said what you're saying. This isn't rocket science man We were nine and one because we were great at defense then in the one and six stretch We didn't play good defense and we lost. I right. I, I think you're right. I, I just Like I, I think the defense is back like I think it's there I mean that stretch those opponents were brutal for them Brooke Lopez won eight for 12 from three that one night <laughs> and he went over 12 the other night You know what I mean? Like right. sometimes it's just like, and Houston's a nightmare matchup. So I definitely think that as they got so concerned with trying to get their offense back, they took their, their foot off that defensive pedal for sure. And I think you're right that being at, um, at least a top 15, if not top 10 defenses is going to be paramount to them sort of making a real run out West. But I just think that like, there was a lot of questions about, okay, what's wrong with the offense? What's wrong with the offense Uh, more often than not, Um, when Craig hasn't been in, I don't think there has been a problem. I think they just haven't been hitting shots. So that's really all just to say, I like the way that they've played and maybe a couple bounces here, a couple bounces there. Um, some games go their way, but look, man, they're, they're tied for second three-way tie half game back. So I guess it's, I'd be silly to complain about anything right now.
2: Right. Yep, exactly. It's, uh, uh, yeah, if you had told told us at the beginning of the year, they'd be, they'd be 13 and seven through, through the first 20 games. We would have, we would have all taken it. So, uh, but, but,
4: but if I told you that they'd, if I told you that 20 games through the season, their defense would be better than their offense and that Will Barton was hurt. Right. <laughs> what would you think their record would they'd
2: be? be like, yeah. You'd be like, well, they're probably like a, you know, what, uh, an eight and 12 teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know?
4: It's wild. It's it's been a nice reminder for me that I have no clue what I'm talking about at any exactly. point. Exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, that's uh, we'll just keep talking. It's uh,
4: it's our job, right? We'll do it
2: <laughs> exactly. We're uh, we're we're not paid to be smart. We're just paid to talk. It's
4: that's right. That's
2: right. righty, sir. Well, I uh, I will let Mister you you get out of here, Mister Vote, and then uh, make sure everybody's following you at on Twitter at b v o g t four two two. Hell yeah. Um, I know. I finally got it down. <laughs> um,
4: but yeah, sir. Thanks thanks for being on. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Let's do this more. I'd say let's do this more often. But the next time you ask me, I'll probably say I'm not available. So it's, exactly, it, it's on me. Yeah.
2: You'll be you'll be on a private jet somewhere with. with <laughs> some stuff, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, everybody, well, we will take a break, and when we come back, we're going to break down the upcoming week, so stick right with us. We'll be right back.
0: We've all been there.
2: Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh for DenverStiffs.com. We spent that first half of the show breaking down the week that was started off, of course, with that tough loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Been nothing but but positive from then. Three straight wins from the Denver Nuggets, getting back on the positive track. Uh, now we will look forward to it. Doesn't the thing is, is it's not going to get any easier for Denver. They uh, they've got a, a kind of a weird upcoming week in a schedule. It's, they'll play. So they're going to play like one game over the next six days from yesterday uh, against Oklahoma City to now up until through Friday. They'll Friday they'll play Portland. Um, uh, in between there they've got one game, which is the Tuesday night game against the Los Angeles Lakers to break it down uh, and to round out the, uh, the the all all Denver Stiffs uh, podcast network show that we've kind of been putting on here. I do have the host
1: of The Dig. It is Jeremy Poley out in Philadelphia. Jeremy, what's happening? Not much. I'm um, just putting up with some cold lately. Um, it's a little bit different than Colorado cold, cold, but I'm actually surprised how dry it is out here. You would think next to the water that... Um, it would come in a little bit different, but um, my my skin is just as snowy as as the sky is above me. It's it's uh, pretty dry, <laughs> pretty pretty dry.
2: <laughs> that's funny. I uh, you know everybody I talk. I don't know. I was gonna say you know the Midwesterners always tell me that it's it's so much worse out there in the winter because of the humidity. Now I don't know if Philadelphia really qualifies as the Midwest. I think that's no. Nope probably a little <laughs> a little too far east there nope. but uh same premise right so i think i'm just going to start telling all those people they're full of
1: crap <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's a good like just it's, default reaction
2: yeah exactly <laughs> but no no you're full of crap yeah, i know it I know a guy in Philly. He told me. There you go. So that's, that's basically what it comes down to. Yep. Um, well, I'm I'm glad you're at least staying out of the cold there yep. uh, in, in in Philadelphia. Big, uh, you know, I always like I was like talking to you and getting the take because Philly fans are so interesting, so big. I mean, like, do they believe now they're championship contenders, right? Because because Jimmy Butler is is in tow.
1: It honestly depends on which day. It is mind blowing to me how up and down these people are. Like. You know The day the trade happened, like, yeah, and then and then they'll lose a game, and they're like, oh, we're terrible. These people are never going to figure it out. I, I've actually been a Philly fan since before I even moved here. Well, this was just uh, not even two years ago, um, basically when, when Joel Embiid came back healthy. Um, and to me, these are the guys, yeah, Simmons back healthy, Embiid healthy. I, I saw these guys' ceiling as being as high as anybody in the East. So as much as they haven't really quite figured out where their floor is, um they're so young they're in a very similar situation to the nuggets um but if you talk to a a philadelphia fan you get you get every possible answer depending on which day you're talking to them so it's all over the place so i'd
2: say also very similar to denver Nuggets Uh, and their (laughs) fans exactly i got people like there's still people who are trying to they they want to fire the coach there's people who like you know, there. Uh, I mean, the Tory Craig thing, obviously, which we're gonna get into here in a bit. Um, I mean, it, uh, Mason Plumley. Now, I, I think I think people are finally they've they've laid off that one. People, Will Barton is one of the like best examples. Exactly. Like, there were times last year they like people hated
1: Will Barton, right? And now this year it was like Will Barton's so good. Oh, we miss him so much. It's just. It's been nothing but love. It's been nothing but Barton love. Like also, right. brain social media. I'm seeing. You know, I'm seeing probably like of uh, the ones I actually read still probably. 50 to 80 people's reactions to things and every uh, anytime barton is brought up it's always love right now and it is right. night and day difference from last season night and day
2: right yeah, yeah absolutely last season he was the he was one of the guys you just oh he was just the reason the nuggets are losing yeah every night yeah
1: well uh, it's kind of funny i i don't goes. know if they were wrong i don't
2: <laughs> i do- <laughs> There were well, there. I don't know. It we're gonna we get way off topic, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we went down there. We don't, We just don't have the time. But uh, another player who 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 is injured um, and gets a lot of love is Gary Harris, mm-hmm. and now we don't know how long Gary's out. Of course, there was coach said it was an Achilles. Then later the team came back and said no, it's not an Achilles. It's uh, uh, just an ankle. Which when you listen to coach's press conference, he did. He kind of said he wasn't really sure what it was either himself. He thought maybe Achilles. So. Um, either way though, Gary was out, uh, for the game against the Oklahoma city thunder, toy Craig ends up playing me and me and Brendan broke that one down pretty, pretty extensively. But I want to look at in terms of now looking forward for the looking forward segment of the show, Jeremy. I mean, if Gary Harris is going to be out, uh, for, you know, let's say, let's just say he's out for this week. So he's going to miss these two games, you know, like I said, you only got two games this week. It's kind of a weird schedule. Uh, maybe you, you could, could not play him and just use that time to get get him rest. Uh, do you just stick with Torrey Craig as the starter, or do you think coach maybe mixes and matches uh, different players depending on you know who the lineup the Lakers are put out there and the, the lineup the Blazers put out there?
1: You know, he seemed a little bit more uh, this season into mixing and matching, and and he even said that uh, as far as the small forward position went. Um, now, I mean, basically he went from starting toy Craig to just starting Wancho. So I don't know how, how much, like, right. back and forth that actually is. That's just one switch. But if he does have that that attitude of we're going to play the, the best player depending on the matchup, um, which I'm leaning towards, I think he's that way. Um, I, I think we could see just kind of a, 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 a mishmash here. Like, for instance, we've got... Um, we've got the Trailblazers game coming up, as you mentioned, um, this next Friday. So not our next one, but two games away. And that one, to me, is crying out for Tory Craig. If he can help on the backcourt of the Trailblazers, that's one of the best in the NBA um, to, to help right. shut them down, lock them down. To me, seems like a very obvious play. Whereas with the Lakers, they're beating us in pace, and, and, and it's kind of an odd game to, to watch, but it's certainly... Um, it feels like a a subway train kind of going off of its rails because nothing is polished. Nothing is smooth and performed. Everything is just high pace, high intensity. Um, that to me is actually kind of crying out for some Beasley. I I could really see him being a strong matchup there. Um, a guy who can take advantage the second that the ball starts to go sideways. That's a guy who can either, uh, break or, or snag the ball and make something happen. Um, and and a guy who can shoot. If 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 something crazy happens twenty feet away from the basket and he winds up with the ball, that's a guy that can shoot it, you know, on a dime. So, um, right. So so I, I think we could definitely see some uh, some versatility. And at this point, the way our bench has been playing, there's there's nobody who's really been playing too terribly, which is a, a weird thing to say. Right. Like Torrey Craig would actually be the only guy I think he could throw under the bus um, up until. Uh, the last game where he completely shone. we gave him the game ball he locked down locked down Russell Westbrook so um, yeah I think I think it's a matchup thing. I, I hope it's a matchup thing right I, I I tend to
2: agree that it is a matchup thing the thing is though I think it's still gonna be Tory Craig both games because here's the thing about the uh, the Lakers is the recently at least uh, the lineup they their plan is they're playing um, uh, Javelm McGee starting at center they've got they've got then Kyle Kuzma playing power forward. Mm. Um, they're playing LeBron James and Brandon Ingram on the wings and then Lonzo at the point. So that because of the size there, you know, I think if you've got, would you rather you're basically whoever's playing that shooting garden spot is probably defending LeBron James, right? Cause you're probably gonna put Wancho on, on Ingram. You'll put, uh, or and maybe you'll put Millsap on Kuzma. You could maybe put Millsap on LeBron, uh, Wancho on Kuzma. And then, but then you got Brandon Ingram, who's a, a lengthy guy that you got to cover, I think if I've got a choice between either Malik Beasley or or Torrey Craig, I probably am putting Torrey Craig in to start that game because then I can put I can probably put I'll probably put Torrey Craig on LeBron. I'll probably put uh, you know like I said um, Paul Millsap on Kuzma and then Wancho on Ingram. Malik, I, I just don't know which one of those guys. I mean, maybe you would have Malik defend Brandon Ingram, I guess, and that would be uh, uh, the route you go there, and that wouldn't be terrible. But I just I think. I think I like the matchup a little bit more there with with Tory Craig, and I think that coach has a little more trust there defensively because he's basically got to think of who okay who am I going to put on LeBron, if and if it's going to be Millsap, then then who's going to cover uh, who's going to cover Ingram out on the uh, out on the wings, uh, and who's going to because I'm going to obviously have to put Wancho on Kuzma to make up for the height difference, so it it it's just a tough matchup there I think no matter what, and I, I my my belief is that he'll. He'll probably stick stick with Torrey Craig, and then with Portland, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you got McCollum and Lillard. Um, You you probably you're gonna put Murray on one of those guys, obviously, and then uh, you know you're gonna if you can put Torrey Craig on the other one, that's gonna help, and then you can switch those two guys, uh, and and you can kind of put Craig on whoever one, whichever one's. Probably killing you more or, or doing more damage. That's what I would think the way that they would go. And then of course you just you know watch those on Amino and um, yeah, who plays power forward for uh, G- or Amino? I guess playing power forward Amino you know, and you got Jake Layman. Yeah, the, a lot of Zach others, Collins in
1: there too, and he kind of goes between the five. That's and the true. Four.
2: Right. So you're gonna yeah, and you're gonna have Paul Millsap in there to to handle with him, and then obviously Jokic. So, but I would definitely yeah, I, I would definitely have Craig there because Beasley, I think. Uh, I think you're just playing a game where you're going to try and outscore that backcourt, and I don't think you're going to do that. Uh, at least that's not what's been the successful formula for the team yeah, thus far this
1: season. It, with the Lakers, though, I mean, I may die by it, but I'm game for letting Brandon Ingram beat us. That's true. I don't. I. I'm. I'm not believing the hype, and the hype going back to the draft. There's very limited hype on him right now. Like, if Brandon Ingram beats us, then my bad. Like, I I, I would have been fooled by that. Um, I'm completely content with putting Millsap on LeBron. To me, that would be a awesome matchup to watch all game mm-hmm. long and go ahead and let Wancho cover Ingram. They're actually... Well, Wancho would be on Kuzma or Kuzma. Likely. Sorry, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, on Kuzma. Yeah, that that that's what I was gonna say. I was about to say like that's a comparable matchup, but no, it's not really. But with Kuzma, it kind of is. These these are rebounders who have some um, some distance shooting. Uh, even in that, I'd give Wancho the nod. I th- I think we'd beat out um, beat them out offensively. So, um, yeah, I mean, I if 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 Beasley on Ingram, I know that's not a great matchup, but if Ingram, honestly. Puts down thirty points, thirty-five points on us. Then my bad, I I, I got that right. one wrong. But um, I I'd be very curious to see that it's going to be a frenetic game. We know that much. Um, to me, that's exactly where Beasley uh, um, shines. Um, you know, he, he's he's performed better when he limits all of the 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 play calling and the um, the technical aspect of professional NBA ball. And to me, the Lakers are not playing. <laughs> the highest standard of professional NBA ball I think they're trying to take advantage of people out of their pure athleticism so right yeah we'll see
2: yeah no I mean yeah it's 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 not a it's not a bad argument to go with to go with Beasley as the starter there because because you're right I mean you if Brandon Ingram beats you then that's then so be it that's that's not the guy he's not number one on your list he's he's probably not even number two on your list um, of guys that you're worried about beating you, I'd think you'd be a little bit more concerned with Lonzo Ball. Now that's because of not not necessarily his scoring ability, but everything he does both on the offense and defensive sides of the court. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, if you're gonna let so if if Brandon Ingram's gonna shoot the lights out, then then that's gonna happen. Um, and and you just gotta you just gotta live with that as long as you. I think, and and you can even potentially overcome that as long as you, you know, as long as you're not turning the ball over a ton to Lonzo, as long as you're not letting LeBron just take over the game on you. The other thing, though, I think that I guess it comes down to is, is is do you want Millsap or do you want Craig to cover LeBron? And I, I you're, you know what? I, I, I probably Millsap, right? That's the, the the strength factor is a lot more even there. I mean, Craig's got the quickness a little bit more, but this is you know this is this is thirty four year old LeBron, not uh, right, uh, not twenty four year old LeBron. So it's a little the the quickness probably not as much as the strength uh, a concern. It's, and just, it's just a really weird lineup. Yeah. And wisdom. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So Paul Millsap, obviously a vet. Right.
1: Great, great matchup there. The wisdom and, and strength of LeBron against the wisdom and strength of Millsap. But uh, uh, to me, I would love watching that just matchup for matchup, play for play all game long. I think that'd be great. Right. Right.
2: All right. So uh, in terms of uh, not, not necessarily in terms of the uh, individual matchups, but I just did the game overall. I mean, how important is this one? The Nuggets are on, they're on a three game winning streak. Uh, this is the last home game they're going to have before. I think they go on like a five game road trip, uh, after this Lakers game, starting with that game against the Blazers. And it's, 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 it's interesting. They start all the way out in Portland and then they end up in like down in Florida. It's a, it's a
1: weird, yeah. Portland and then up to Toronto and then down to Florida. Yeah.
2: Down to Florida. (laughs) It's like the dumbest road trip ever. But um, that's, that's what they got coming. So, I
1: mean, is it,
2: is it super important to, to get this win, to have to keep that momentum going into this road trip?
1: So, to, to me, the, the Trailblazers game is actually a bigger one. Um, you know, at this point, the NBA that we know, the West that we know, you never want to call any game okay to, to throw away. But... We, we learned at our height at the start of this season, we lost to the Lakers. There's just a weird matchup there. Right. We saw even in the preseason, right. there's a weird matchup there. So I'm not confident that we're going to win that game going into it. Um, but Trailblazers is where I want to see. Like To me, that's the measure is how, how do you perform against the Trailblazers? If we perform well against the Lakers, I still don't know how we can take that kind of a win and, and how we perform in that game and match that up against other teams because it's such a weird kind of ball that's being played. But with the Trailblazers, mm-hmm. that's the one where it's like, okay, are we really there? We've been existing side-by-side side this season so far, each having more success than anybody expected of us, but we haven't quite mm-hmm. matched up to see, okay, what is real? Which one is better between these two? So... With the Lakers one, I mean, I I hate to say this, but we've been playing better on the road this season. We've been playing, you know, like some of of these things that we knew were a certainty with the Nuggets in, even back to the Carmelo era, I feel like this season are just not quite as true in both ways, positives and negatives. So um, I hate to say it, but the Lakers game means a lot less to me uh, right now than than the way that we actually start the away trip uh against Portland
2: it's mm. good it's good to have you on the show because like this is this is I think rare on the pundits when we we this is now another time I'm gonna disagree because <laughs> exactly. you, I feel like the exact, opposite. <laughs> the exact I'm like, opposite I'm like man I god I want to beat the Lakers I just do like oh, I'm yeah. so sick they beat us twice in a row now plus you know there's the, and we saw the struggles in the preseason with them even though we beat them uh one of those games they um they, I think the, uh, the the if I remember right, it's hard to remember preseason. But if I remember right, it was more more of the scrubs, you know, about playing yeah. the Lakers scrubs, uh, in that one. But you know, and it's like I I look at these two teams, and in Portland, I don't know. Portland seemed like such a, and you're right, they're right up there with the Nuggets. They have been, they've been a, a team, the team that the Nuggets have been basically trying to, they've been one step ahead of Denver for about two two seasons now, or maybe even three seasons now, you know, and 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 obviously, Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, there's still gonna always be a little bit of bad blood there, but I don't feel like it's like I'm kind of over the whole Nurkic thing at now at this point. It's like whatever, dude. It's like all right, he left. It, it worked out for him. It worked out for us. Um, you know, maybe it sucks that he killed his trade value and we had to give up the first rounder uh, to 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 move him. But whatever, that was that was two years ago now, and it's uh, I don't know. I just don't. I don't. There, there's not as much like just
1: despise. So- for for Portland. Let me let me then let me ask you this. Let me get a better angle here. Are you saying it's it, it's a better it's more important to get the Lakers win as a fan who has something personally invested or as a, a team and what it means to their success and how they match up?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely as a fan. Because okay. you're right. When you think about it as a, as a team, uh, if you're going to drop one, you know you got a three-game winning streak now. Um, you've just basically you banked a win against Oklahoma City yeah. that you probably weren't expected to get. So, you know, if, if you lose this game uh, to the Lakers, then that sucks. But then you come back and win on the road against the division rival, against the team who's going to be right there. I mean, the tiebreaker implications, which are important for the Lakers as well, but not as as important as they would be for the, the Trailblazers. So, yeah, I mean, from a team perspective, I, I would agree that I think that, that Blazers game um, is probably a little bit more important.
1: Then I totally hear you. I, I, and I am always ready to jump on any train headed down to Lakers fan smackdown sessions. Like, I <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally in on that. Personally, so much more at stake uh, in that Lakers right. game just because it's these stinking Lakers fans. They're everywhere. Right. Well, and I think the other thing too is
2: I think with the teams themselves, there's like, like there's, 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 I think more so, you know, you think Yusuf Nurkic maybe doesn't like the Nuggets, right? Uh, in general, has just personally doesn't like them and, and probably doesn't isn't fond of Coach Malone, I'm guessing, uh, and you know, and, and how everything went down there, but but that's really, I, I mean, Damian Lillard doesn't care, right. CJ McCollum doesn't right. care, like those guys are they're they're just there playing their game and the Nuggets are just another division rival. Like there seems to be something about these Lakers, like (laughs) the young Lakers at least. Uh Like I don't like they them and the Nuggets. Though the young core, those two young cores, pretty much seem like they just genuinely dislike each other, you know. And and like and now they've got us twice in a row, and so it it just. Ah, I think it grinds at me, and I think I think it grinds at the players to know that this team's beat them two times in a row. Yeah.
1: All right. I'm. You've sold me. You've sold me on it. Like. (laughs) Yeah, that Lakers game is going to be mean more to me now. I, I completely agree, and, and probably to the Nuggets as well. At least our our young guys. At least, well, let's be honest, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, Jamal for sure. Um, but I think, but I, well, I think the rest of the guys, though, I think they rallied around it. You know, like just like because it's it's the Jamal versus Lonzo thing, right? But I mean, we've seen. You, you, we saw even, and now it's funny because he's on the Nuggets. But we saw how Isaiah Thomas last year, when he was on the right. team for like, oh, you know, a few weeks, and he was like, and he was into it, like you know, you could tell it meant something to him uh, to beat the Nuggets. So you know, like just by the way they've acted out on the court, you know that like there's something going on there that they they talk about. It. They mm-hmm. both both teams get up for these games. It's a lot more chippy than, than a regular season game usually is, and and so I'd like to say, and and it, we've lost the last two, really sets it we won the game that started it right, right? when and Jamal dribbled around Lonzo right. and that and that was what really started it but since it's been started the the Lakers have have won both times so
1: you know you, you make me wonder now you brought up Isaiah Thomas i wonder if, if in his mind through all the re- rehabilitation he's gone through if he didn't have this game circled on his calendar like man i've got to make it back by this game right. cuz he's the type of guy right. that we know is the one who can carry a grudge um, who who games mean something to him personally more than just as a professional athlete uh so it's it's a shame that he won't be able to play in this one i you know i wonder if he still d- tries to do something special or be something special to the nuggets um for for this one right i'm sure i mean i, I definitely as we've
2: seen him you know throughout the uh, throughout the season. I'm sure he's he's going to be talking with guys and, and coaching them up um, and, and he's probably going to be a little bit more focused and hopefully have, making sure the rest of the locker room is a little more focused uh, for this game and reminding them, you know, like that's what you really want Isaiah Thomas, like he should be talking smack in the locker room uh, this week and reminding them that how last year when he was on the Lakers uh, they beat this team and then how once again this year uh, they beat this team, you know, that's 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 where he I think they could use him the most just helping to get this team pumped up to make sure that they're ready to you know really really come out and and win this game all right we had to uh we had to cut jeremy off there a little bit actually had to cut me off and uh by we i mean my recorder because i was the idiot who didn't realize he was running out of space on his uh on his recording device and so uh we did lose about the last oh two two minutes or so of that conversation which is fine nothing Nothing groundbreaking happened in that last two minutes, I promise you. Anyways, uh, make sure you guys are checking us all out on our different Twitter handles. I'm at Zach Mikos, Jeremy's at Jeremy Poley. Brendan Vote at BVOGT422. Ryan Blackburn is at NBA Blackburn Give all those guys a follow Give Denver Stiffs a follow And Pickaxe Pundits Both of those are just how you would think it uh, At Denver Stiffs At Pickaxe Pundits Give all those social medias a follow You'll get some kind of different stuff And unique perspectives Obviously from the individual hosts themselves As well as the uh, the site and the show So make sure you're checking that all Check us out on Instagram as well At The Denver Stiffs Over on YouTube Make sure you guys are subscribed To our YouTube channel uh, If you want to be able to see the post game Pre-game press conferences that is one of the best places to get it so uh, always good to subscribe there plus i got some other cool shows out there brendan and uh, adam Mara is do a nice uh, nba show on our youtube channel as well you want to check out and who have i forgot facebook yeah you should probably check us out on facebook if people are still on facebook i'm not but uh you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there who still is. So make sure you're following us over there. We don't, we haven't forgot about you. Jeremy specifically, our social media coordinator, has not forgot about you over on Facebook. And finally, uh, make sure you guys are subscribed on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you know, we got to, you got perspectives from a little taste. Of, of everything this network has to offer so it's not just the pick exponents anymore nuggets numbers with ryan blackburn uh, good analytics show that also still takes uh, a kind of common analysis approach while using analytics, so it's kind of, I I really think it's a great show for everyone. Uh, The Dig, which is, The Dig is my favorite, just because it's the most, uh, it's the most fun. The Dig has got some cool stuff going on there. I like their editing too, they do a good job, or their, big shout out to Nick, he, he, I can tell he puts in a lot of time behind the scenes, uh, on that thing, so you guys want to check that out. And, And then, Uh, For a totally different perspective that's not even necessarily Nuggets, uh, Brennan, of course, is the host of the Full Court Press. That's a really cool show. I really like it. Um, I'm a little bit biased because I'm quote-unquote in the media. But uh, Brennan kind of dives into some backstories of of some of the different media people around Denver um, and what their their path and and their approach to doing what we do is. And so it's it's a really kind of cool, different angle on things uh he's got a great one with adam eyes he's got a great one with matt moore over at action network matt's probably the the biggest fish in the uh denver media pond so to say so at least um at least of the non-tv people we'll put it that way so um make sure you're checking out uh make sure you're checking out this this podcast network it's really great a lot of fun stuff so subscribe to that leave a rating we would appreciate it and as always we appreciate you guys listening to us and we will talk to you next week this
1: is oh.